Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Hey, so I just came back from a dreamy vacation driving up the California coast through hilly countryside and along the roaring Pacific Ocean, and it was a much overdue vacation, let me tell you. And the quiet and the beauty that I was just immersed in gave me so much time to think and to speak with the Lord. And during all of that thinking and speaking with the Lord, I realized that Clumsy Theosis has been around for one year. We made it one year. When I started this podcast, I honestly had no game plan for it at all, which it's not like me, but it really was one of those things where it was just like, let's see if I can do it. Let's see if I even like doing it. And more importantly, is anyone else going to like it either? And voila, here we are one year later. And I love doing this podcast, and I think I'm pretty good at it. I've gotten much better over the year, and you all seem to like it a lot. And that's probably why I enjoy doing it so much, is because you guys seem to get so much out of it. And you contact me all the time telling me how you've implemented things in your prayer life and in your spiritual life, and how it's just improved your relationship with the Lord and everything in your life, really. And that really, it just makes my heart sing. But for me, Clumsy Theosis, it's not just the title of this podcast. It truly is a lifestyle. It's my lifestyle, actually. And since the beginning of the podcast, I've been asked more times than I can count to explain what theosis means. And in the beginning, I always felt like I had been caught off guard because in my prayer life, Theosis had been a central point of meditation for a number of years, and I felt like I was a deer caught in headlights because I was like, where, where do I begin? You know, how do I start to explain something that has been morphing and expanding in my spiritual life, and that, that understanding has changed and deepened so much over the years, and I had to stop thinking about it apologetically a long time ago so that I can go deeper into it. But then when I was asked to explain it, people wanted somewhat of an apologetic explanation, which is totally understandable. And even that first episode that I recorded of Clumsy Theosis called Theosis in a Nutshell, that was really difficult for me. And that's partly because it was my first episode, but mostly because I had to change the way that I was used to thinking about this spiritual reality that I had been praying through and living out, and I had to think about it now as something that I could explain to people apologetically, give them an explanation, a definition. Um, And that first episode wasn't my best work, but for my first crack at an episode, as well as explaining theosis, it wasn't bad, and I have to admit that. Um, But after this year of having to explain it so many times... um, I've gotten much, much better at explaining theosis, and actually, I would even say that I've gotten pretty good at it. So to celebrate our one-year anniversary on Clumsy Theosis, I wanted to go back to when theosis was introduced to me and how it became my lifestyle. I think it all went back to this one man by the name of Irenaeus, St. Irenaeus to be exact. 
Psych, just kidding. After I listened to this episode, once it aired, I realized that I made a mistake and I said St. Irenaeus when in fact what I meant was St. Athanasius from the 4th century. So remember that, St. Athanasius from the 4th century. He said, God became man, that man could become God. And I remember hearing that quote shortly after returning to the faith, and I didn't understand it, and I knew I didn't understand it, but it always stuck with me. And this quote was my first introduction to the idea of theosis. And it's a crazy thing to say, and maybe that's why it stuck with me. Some might even say that it's a blasphemous thing to say, and actually, they did. At, at the time, they, they said that that this was blasphemous. But those who opposed him, who, abo- who opposed this bold claim, they didn't know their scripture. Even worse, they didn't understand the gospel, the good news about their own salvation. Because theosis is inseparable from the gospel. And this was thoroughly, this was a thoroughly held belief in early Christianity. And we know this because This idea, this concept, this reality of theosis is peppered throughout the New Testament. And quite frequently, it's in St. Paul's letters, which we know were the earliest writings in the New Testament. And I first began to see this when I was praying with scripture about seven years ago. And at that time, the Lord was teaching me that I was a child of God, something that I had heard probably my whole life. But the Father really wanted me to own this truth to my core and to live it out daily. So I was researching passages that mentioned being a child of God and using them in my prayer time. And some of those passages about being a child of God made this like a cause and effect reference. Like, because we are children of God, then this effect will take place. Or for my mathematically inclined thinkers, it was like, Uh, an if-then statement, right? If we are children of God, then fill in the blank. And every time those type of connections were made in scripture, you know, the cause and effect or the if-then type statements, when it came to being a child of God, every time those were made, they always came to the same conclusion. And that conclusion was that we would be like God. We would be like God. That is just crazy. And a few examples I'm, I'm going to give a few today. There's a lot more, but I'm just going to give a few for brevity because there's other things I want to talk about. Okay, so the first is in 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And let me get my Bible really quick. All right, so we read, See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself and is pure. So when praying over scripture, there are times when things like this, they seem a little bit cryptic, but they still like hit a nerve, right? And that's what this passage did for me. It left me with wonder. It made me want to know, you know, here he says, it does not yet appear what we shall be. Okay. But when, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. And so that always stuck with me. And I wanted to know, okay, what does that mean? I'm going to be like God. All right. So 
God unfolds things slowly for me. And maybe it's to keep me hungry, to keep that thirst growing, you know, so that I'm always hungering and thirsting for only those things that he can quench. I'm not sure. That's my theory. I'm sticking to it for now. But eventually, God will be super specific with me in his time, in the right time. And the day that he brought me to Romans chapter 8, he was being super specific. So in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, let me get there real quick. All right, Paul says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. Paul says, if we are children of God, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And that made me ask, heirs to what? What am I an heir to? And the answer is whatever Jesus is an heir to, and I know that Jesus is an heir to the kingdom of heaven. Now, more specifically, the kingdom of heaven, it's a place of glory. We know that Jesus is an heir to the glory of the kingdom of heaven. Now, this kingdom of heaven is not something that we inherit when we die. That's fake news. And I used to believe that because how many times does Jesus say in scripture, the kingdom of heaven is dawning or the kingdom of God is at hand or something of that sort. When he's saying that, it means that the kingdom is already here. It's already started. So I wanted some insight about this glory of heaven right, this kingdom of heaven and and its glory that I was supposed to be partaking of as a child of God in his kingdom, which I was now aware is in the present. It's current. It's already started. And my God gave me this gem. So from St. Peter, our first pope and leader of all Christians, this is what he says. So in the second letter of Peter in chapter one, verses three through four, he says, He says this. All right, this is going to blow your mind. Okay, Jesus's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So that right there clues us into the fact that life and godliness, they go hand in hand. All right, so he continues by saying, Jesus has called us to his own glory and his own excellence. Okay, very interesting. And through Jesus's glory and excellence, he has granted to us something right? And Peter is going to refer to this something that Jesus has granted to us as Jesus's precious and very great promises. And do we know what that precious and great promise that Jesus has promised us? It's what he's already called us to. It's his glory and his excellence. That's what he wants to give to us. I told you, this is totally going to blow your mind. So the ability for us to be partakers of the divine nature. That's basically what he's saying is we get to participate in the glory and excellence of Jesus, which is, which is the nature of God. And if you want a bigger understanding of the nature of God, I mean, we're never going to be able to fully understand that, but we can start to wrap our mind around this by looking at what we know about God and his nature. We know that God is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-goodness. We know that God is eternal. He's love itself. He's being and existence itself. 
and he is the creator. So this means that we're sharing in God's goodness, we're sharing in his holiness, sharing in his eternal love and his power now, right? That's what theosis is. That's what the Catholic life is supposed to look like, sharing in God's divine nature. We're called to share God's goodness, share his holiness, share in his eternal love, share in the power of God. Now, 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 now. Dude, like we are being drawn up into the very life of the Trinity. Like that, that's theosis. That's what we're called to. That just blows my mind. And it's through this theosis that St. Paul can say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. But St. Paul is not suggesting that theosis is a one and done event, right? It's a process. And we know this because when he writes to the Corinthians in his second letter, let me pull up that one real quick. Okay, so 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 through 18 Paul writes this about being changed into God's likeness. And as we read it, you're going to realize that, yeah, it's not a one and done event. He says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being changed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. See, we're being changed into his likeness from one degree to another. His, his likeness is glory, right? So we're inching along the glory train all day, every day, slow and steady, as long as we're remaining in God's will, right? As long as we're cooperating with his will, with his grace. But how do we do that? That's what I wanted to know. And I wanted some, there to be some sort of special formula, but there's not. And it's actually really simple, and it's really rewarding. <laughs> okay, so how do we do that? We get to know God's will moment by moment and how we're supposed to live in it. And we do that by letting God tell us. He wants to tell us. And the only way that he can tell us is if we're listening. And so we have to set aside time daily, more than once a day, you know, like so that we can listen to God and grow our spiritual muscles so that one day we'll be like all the saints that say that they're they're praying constantly, praying always, right? Like we have to get to that place. Now, this weekend, we celebrate Pentecost. And when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles in the upper room, he was filling them with himself, with God, the third person of the Trinity. And it is through the Holy Spirit that we're able to live a life of theosis. That's partly why Jesus sent him. In John chapter 14, remember when the apostle Philip asks Jesus to show them the Father, and Jesus replies, he who has seen me has seen the Father, I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. Most of us are familiar with that. Now, shortly after that, Jesus promises to send them the Holy Spirit, and he says this in chapter 20. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Okay, so in that day, so when the Holy Spirit comes, so that's Pentecost, right? On Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is going to fill them. And on that day, we're going to realize, we as humanity, right? We have that ability now to realize that, that Jesus is in the Father, and we are in Jesus, and Jesus is in us. Right? The Holy Spirit is intended to help us live in the Trinity. 
Did you know that? Dude, you have to share this information with everybody you know, and especially the people that you love. Pull out your phone and text a friend who needs to know this or who you think would really enjoy this, right? Our salvation was won by Christ's passion, death, and resurrection. Before his death, he promised to send us the advocate, the counselor, the Holy Spirit as part of the plan of our salvation. And in 2 Thessalonians, so that would be chapter 2, verses 13 through 15, we see an example of this. Here Paul writes, But we are born to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God chose you from the beginning to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, we have been chosen for sanctification, theosis, sanctification, deification. It's all the same thing, different words, right? And who's supposed to help us with this? The Holy Spirit, so that we can obtain what? The glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what have we said about that glory? Now, glory is something that is um, new to me what like with regard to like linking it to theosis it's something that I understood but I never would link this word to it um, but it was actually Joe Heschmeyer who I heard speak about this he sometimes writes for Catholic answers he has his own um, blog called shameless Popery I suggest you go check it out but yeah he attached theosis to glory and I was like oh my gosh duh like why didn't I ever use that word? Anyways, so moving on, what do we know about this glory of the kingdom of heaven? Jesus inherited the kingdom of heaven, right? He inherited its glory. And us, as fellow heirs with Christ, we inherit the same thing he inherits, which is the kingdom of heaven, which is here now, right? And the cool thing about this, cool doesn't even cut it. I don't even, I don't even have a synonym for this, um, for cool, something that actually explains how awesome this is. Okay, but here it is. The more that I live out a life of theosis, the more I'm being transformed to the glory of the kingdom of heaven right now here on earth, right? And the more our father is bringing heaven to earth through me, I am expanding the kingdom of heaven just by letting God transform me to the glory of the kingdom of heaven, right? We have been trusted with expanding the kingdom of heaven, and that is just wild to me. So may I suggest this weekend, while we're all celebrating Pentecost, meditate on the Holy Spirit's role in our theosis and the centrality of our theosis in God's plan for our salvation. It's my opinion that an understanding of salvation without theosis is impoverished. And actually, it's quite it's sad. And if I'm going to be super honest, it's not Catholic. Actually, it's, it's not even truly Christian because we see that the first Christians lived a life of theosis. Paul talks about it. The other apostles talk about it. And it's always linked to salvation. Now, I've pointed out some scriptures that demonstrate theosis as a principle in the Christian spiritual life, you know, and how it was that way since the beginning. And there are many more. Now, these were just ones that stuck out to me during my journey of understanding and uncovering um, theosis and what God was calling me to. There's many more. So in your prayer time, when you're reading, try to find some of these on your own. Find 
find the other scripture verses that talk about the glory of heaven and, and what you're called to as a child of God. But better yet, make a commitment to pick up this lifestyle of theosis. Hopefully, you will be more graceful at it than I am. And even if you feel like you do poorly at it, it's still worth your persistence because God's grace is there with you every step of the way, helping you. And you'll never find anything that will make you feel more alive. And on the topic of being alive and it being Pentecost, in the Byzantine tradition, in the Eastern churches, for Pentecost, we use the color green, where in the Roman churches, you use red for like the Holy Spirit fire, which is super awesome. But for Pentecost, we use green because it's new life. Think about that. So the Holy Spirit was sent to help us to live out this life of theosis, calling us to a new life. So meditate on that as well. And maybe, I don't know, if you if you want to dress liturgically, you could dress red for the Holy Spirit fire, or maybe you could wear some green to symbolize your new life um, going forward with the Holy Spirit, living a life of theosis. Because God did not create us to be clones of each other. We were created uniquely, and that was for a reason, because our uniqueness needs to be perfected. And there are. this reminds me of some praise and worship songs. I, I love praise and worship, but there are some songs that will say things about wanting more God, more Jesus, and less of me and less of myself. And I get that sentiment. But knowing what I know now about theosis, I believe that we should be singing instead of instead of us saying, I want more of you and less of me. I think we should be saying, I want more of you perfecting me. Just saying, just throwing it out there. Anyone want to use that as a Catholic song lyric? Any worship leaders out there, you want to change up the words? I'm just saying, it's a good option. Anyways, so we all were made to be truly awesome. Through a life of theosis, we will get there. So go get it. This is the time right now for you to make that commitment, as well as to text that person that came to mind while you were listening. Go ahead, pull out your phone, share the good news with them. That's what we do with people that we love. We share good news. So my sound engineer, this is this is kind of like an administrative note, my sound engineer will be going on paternity leave any day now. So when that happens, if we can't find a substitute, there may be up to three weeks where there are no new episodes by me. And if that's the case, I'll notify you guys via social media. Um, and I'll be promoting past episodes, which I think are relevant to the time of the liturgical year and so on. But in the meantime, please keep Nick, his wife, and unborn baby in prayer, as well as his other adorable daughter. And yeah, while you're out there living your theosis, please subscribe to the Clumsy Theosis podcast, where all good podcasts are found. Also, Clumsy Theosis is ridiculously easy to find on social media, so come be my friend. And I do want to let you know, though, that I spend most of my hanging out on social media on Instagram. So follow me there. I hope to see you. All right, everybody. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.